rather than just finding a supplier in, in a single location and getting them to ship, to see if you can make small changes to your supply chain, if you can source locally and customers will be willing to pay more for products that are sourced locally. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for hitting play and choosing to listen to one of our inspiring guests. Our guest for this episode is on the show because he applied to be on the show. He filled in the form and asked if he could come on and I looked at his application and went, yeah, I need Danny on the podcast. My audience need to hear from him. So if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I'd like to be on the show, then all you need to do is go to ecmp.info forward slash guest to apply. And you never know, we might be recording very, very soon. In this episode, we are talking to a fascinating business owner who's building a strong, successful business selling cork yoga mats and other yoga stuff in four different countries with a really streamlined team and operation, huge interest in making it all sustainable, which of course is reducing his cost as well. And he's sharing how he's been coping with the shift in marketing tactics required by the end of COVID, that lovely boom time, and also with all the privacy changes, the ads and that, and how he's setting himself up for success with mixtures of influencer marketing, affiliates, and a big focus on wholesale. So please listen to the end so you don't miss out on his top tips either, which are quite frankly brilliant, and my own take on this episode. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp.info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. And now to introduce our special guest. Danny Garg is the CEO and founder at Volca Yoga. Founded in New Zealand in 2017, Volca now also sells to the US, the UK and Australia and is growing at about 30% year on year. 
They currently sell via their Shopify site and wholesale offering via both their own site and the Marketplace Fair. And altogether, they're doing about half a million dollars per year. Hello, Danny. Hi, Chloe. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for being up for being on the show. How did you get started in e-commerce? Where did your e-commerce journey begin? So my e-commerce journey began all the way back in university. I started a small electronics store while doing a degree in finance. I just found New Zealand's an island nation and we import everything, as you can imagine. I found that these specific calculators I needed for a finance course costed about three times what they costed in the U.S., And so I started a business of basically buying them on Amazon and then bringing them into New Zealand and then selling them to other students and eventually to even universities and schools. And so I did that on the side while studying a finance and a law degree. Nice opportunity. Great way. Really cool, cool way to fund it. So so next up then, how did Volker Yoga start? Because that began in New Zealand. You're now in the UK and you're selling globally. So how did you go from calculators to yoga, I suppose? So after finishing my degree in finance and law, I uh, got a graduate job at Deloitte where I worked in consulting for about two and a half years. I didn't enjoy it so much. There wasn't really so much room for creativity. And I just felt like if I left, someone else would easily fill in my place. So I I began to think about what I wanted to sell that I was genuinely passionate about and not necessarily calculators, as you can imagine. So I was, um, I've always been very much into health and wellness and even more into sustainability. I grew up in India and I remember on this journey from the school to my home in the bus, we would pass by this massive, massive rubbish dump. And it was literally a hill of just rubbish landfill. And uh, that was pretty traumatizing. You could smell it from like miles off. And so that, that instilled in me very early on and just kind of growing up in India and my parents being very much uh, about the environment, it instilled quite a sustainable mindset in me. And I think also growing up in New Zealand, where that's kind of uh, encouraged with businesses. So, so all of these kind of culminated in me being face down in a yoga mat and just thinking why the mat smelled so bad. <laughs> and then I ended up doing all this research, going down this rabbit hole of all these materials that companies use to make yoga mats, which are made to resemble rubber, but actually aren't. They're really just plastics, thermoplastics. And so then I just thought of, um, surely there could be better mats out there because in India, people used uh, cotton yoga mats still. And uh, eventually I found cork as a material, which is amazing because it's antimicrobial. Its grip actually improves as you sweat. And I was doing a lot of hot yoga back then. It's a carbon neutral, if not a carbon negative business, because um, cork is basically the carbon that these cork oak trees in Portugal and Spain absorb from the atmosphere. And then that, 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 is, that then becomes the bark, which is then stripped off those trees. So, um, so it kind of everything just made sense when I discovered it as a material. And, um, and also I saw it as doing something in e-commerce that I actually genuinely loved. And I thought, hey, I'm making about 300 bucks a week selling calculators on the side. If I sell something I'm actually passionate about, 
maybe I can make it a thousand dollars a week. Yeah, and then it becomes a lot more interesting as well, doesn't it? Even though the product's more interesting and then the finance side of it is more interesting. So now you're six and a bit years into the business, you've grown it to the half half million dollars a year, you're in four different countries. What does your team look like? Is it still just you as the solopreneur or have you got other people or what things have you chosen to outsource? So yeah, it's 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 a bit of a mix in in some sense. I, I have three other people who work who are very much involved in the business. Uh, one person based in Australia and two people based in New Zealand, and then I have a designer who is remote, based in Brazil and travels between Brazil and Europe. I spend time in the UK and in the US managing these two markets. So it's it's a very small, very agile team. But I do find that I end up um, doing a lot of the, a lot of the design, a lot of the management, a lot of the operations as well. And then uh, certain we have partnerships in certain places. So, for instance, um, I mentioned earlier when we were chatting about our bolsters and cushions. So we have a partner in the U.S. which fills them up and fulfills them for us. So there's there's certain things that are outsourced as well. Got you. So are you fulfilling locally in all four regions, or are you fulfilling from one? hub in New Zealand to everywhere or something so we're we're doing sort of like a mixed approach um, so New Zealand and Australia is 100% fulfilled locally the US uh, our bulkier items are fulfilled locally and some of the other items are you could say drop shipped but it's very fast it's two to five days delivery it's the same in the UK as well with some items uh, locally and some items drop shipped and how do you decide what you're going to do locally and what you're going to drop ship? Is it volume of sales? Is it size of product? Is it manufacturer? What's your kind of rule of thumb for working out what goes where? So it's uh, it's a mix of different factors. The most important factor is carbon footprint. So one of the things that I found was critical for our business was not being just another greenwashed yoga business because there are heaps out there. I guess the carbon footprint also reflects to some extent the cost as well, because anything that is heavy will likely cost a lot to ship to that country as well. And so um, we look at the bulkiest and the heaviest products, which are our bolsters and cushions, which are filled up with uh, natural buckwheat husk, which is a waste product from buckwheat, um, which is used in, in bread and other other products. And it's traditionally what's used in these products all the way back from India. Buckwheat hull is uh, left over as a waste product in many different countries, wherever buckwheat's consumed. And so filling them up locally made a lot of sense and reduced our carbon footprint in that sense. And other products such as our yoga mats and blocks and bags and fabrics, which need a little bit more consistency but aren't necessarily as heavy, we source from the same manufacturers in India and China and those are usually shipped over, might be stored or might even be drop shipped. Got you. Okay. I love love the fact that the sustainability comes in there. And I think that idea of not carrying the cushions and the bolsters around the world filled with buttweak husks that you can get everywhere is kind of genius, both from a how many you can fit in a shipping container <laughs> you know, perspective as well as the sustainability perspective. You talked about how the cork side of things is a very sustainable product, obviously a, a huge improvement upon the plastic that most people are doing their yoga on. You also have a copper range, which I was like, 
there's suddenly a metal in the mix. That seems quite surprising from a sustainability perspective. So what led you to add copper into the product range? What I wanted really with the brand was to encourage people to have healthy habits, to build a health, wellness and Ayurveda brand. And Ayurveda is kind of like a sister science to yoga. You might think of yoga as these movements or practices that you do. Ayurveda is essentially the Indian science of life, right? So in India, we knew for somehow for a long time that bronze, brass, copper vessels were naturally antimicrobial. Copper has this effect called the oligodynamic effect, and that basically destroys bacteria and viruses on contact. Funnily enough, during COVID, this property came out a lot more and scientists were studying this a lot more. In fact, plenty of hospitals in South America where there's easy access to copper ended up changing the knobs and the sinks and all of these other kind of facilities in their hospitals to copper or alloys of copper. So part of this was um, certain practices like tongue scraping and uh, drinking from a copper bottle. Uh, Copper also alkalizes the water as well. So um, these practices have existed in India for thousands of years, and I wanted to uh, bring those practices to the forefront of the brand as well. So not just encourage physical activity, but also other uh, to encourage, I guess, a yoga kind of lifestyle off the yoga mat, not just on the yoga mat. Got you. Cool. Um, You mentioned the COVID word there. And you're a business that was, I I would imagine, just starting to get into your stride as COVID hit because you founded in 2017. I'm going to guess as a yoga brand, the pandemic was probably a good thing rather than a bad thing, despite the headaches of supply chains, etc. How have you been faring with the, I guess, the COVID hangover that many, many e-commerce brands are still struggling with now in terms of there was that big spike and then things have settled down. We've got the economic issues going on. So how, how have you gone about riding that, that wave of a business change? Oh, so it's definitely been a struggle. So I found we immediately, we we're more of a lifestyle brand and then suddenly COVID happened. Our sales doubled, tripled almost within one or two months. There was a lot more demand, not just because our products were yoga products, but because they were sustainable and suddenly people cared about the environment a lot more. There's definitely that hangover effect. Back then, we were just putting money into ads and we were just getting more sales. Um, Now we've had to resort to more affiliate marketing, influencer marketing, uh, word of mouth, building relationships with studios. It's definitely harder, but I feel like it's also better for the long term. And it's just, I find it more fulfilling. We've been helping a lot of studios through our own wholesale channel and also through FAIR, uh, which we can talk about later on, to uh, not just get our products in there, but we'll also help them customize some of our products for their needs. And um, via that, we're able to get our products into more studios And what that does is it just gives customers uh, more confidence in our products because a lot of these yoga products is based on who's using them. And if they see an Ayangar or an Ashtanga yoga studio, which which are more classical forms of yoga, using them, then they know that these products are good, they're supportive, and they kind of follow the, the conventions of yoga because items like bolsters and cushions have to be a certain size and of a certain consistency to provide the right support. 
Got you. And the, I thought it was interesting on your homepage. There's a lot of social proof on your homepage, which I guess fits with all you, you were just saying. But the most prominent social proof is the yoga studios or the, the you know, I'm probably going to get the wording wrong, but the yogi gurus who are, you know, key important people in the yoga world who are using and embracing your product. So I guess the wholesale sales have like a, a double or a triple whammy, maybe. You get the sale to the yoga studio, you get the social proof that the yoga studio is using it, and then you also get the fact that people are coming in for their yoga class and going, wow, this kit's great, where do I get it? Is that a, a, you know, a, a key part of your growth model going forward because of those benefits? Yeah, exactly. I always felt like marketing was kind of fickle online marketing channels you know sometimes google's doing really well sometimes facebook is doing well sometimes none of them are doing well i feel like if your product is solid there's good word of mouth if you can get it into the studios that's even better because you're getting teachers to use them you're getting as you said that big sale up front and some of these sales you know they're thousands of dollars whereas for us our typical average order value is anywhere from 100 to 200 dollars someone will buy typically a yoga mat and then another accessory with that but getting those like thousands dollar orders is, is is just great and then getting those products in there and then plenty of studios will even have a retail space so then they will um, it, it will eventually result in a relationship where they're selling those products for us as well so they become uh, not just a one-time customer but also a retailer for us got you so is your wholesale strategy purely focused on the studios or I'm guessing given your listing on FAIR as well as selling via your own site, you're interested in retailers as well as selling to other retailers, not just selling to yoga studios. Would that be FAIR or is it very focused? Yes, I would say as a small business, studios ends up being more of the focus. Studios are often looking for local retailers. Retailers are typically looking for brands and uh, we're still on the smaller end of things. So um, we're, we're relatively well known in New Zealand and Australia. So there are a few retailers that pick us up over there. And we're also in the process of launching again on Amazon. So we were selling on Amazon during the first few months of COVID. But then it became very hard to get products into the US, especially because I couldn't go to the US. Flights were basically blocked by Donald Trump from the UK to the US. So that became a big, big challenge, but it ended up being us focusing on our Shopify channel rather than on Amazon. But we're in the process of getting on Amazon again because um, we see that as as the pr- place to basically become a very big brand. Got you. And and choosing to list on Fair rather than just do it via your own website has that been a good choice? Are you pleased to be on Fair? Have you found it's been a great way of of contacting more, getting in front of more wholesalers? Yes, for sure, for sure. One thing that FAIR does is it gives you access to retailers all over the world. And it has been backed by, I guess, hedge funds and private equity and all of that. So they, they're willing to um, lose a lot on getting that first order from the customer. So when a customer places, uh, which is a, a retailer, let's say, when they place an order using FAIR, they usually get £100 off or $100 off their first order, and they also get free shipping. And then FAIR is willing to compensate you up to 50% of the order value. So you can, in many cases, even ship from overseas and still make money on that order. That's something I personally can't afford to do with a, with a brand that is essentially bootstrapped. So it's helped, and there have been often been customers that I uh, refer to FAIR as well. 
because they see the uh, net 60 or net 90 payment terms as favorable. That means they don't have to pay for it today. They pay for it in 60 days time. Fair also ensures the order for them and then they get the free shipping and the discount on the first order. And then at the same time, uh, so th those orders, FAIR doesn't actually charge us any commission on because they're coming through us. But then uh, FAIR charges uh, anywhere from, I believe, 15 to 25% on the orders that they refer. And we've had a good number of orders since we've started. So it's, it's, it's a good channel, but it's, again, not a channel that I would necessarily put all of my eggs in. I would still say Shopify is the most important, followed by Amazon if you choose to list on Amazon, and then FAIR. And I believe there are one or two similar websites to FAIR as well that people list on. Got you. Okay. And then earlier you mentioned you moved into running an affiliate program. I think that's your ambassador's program, isn't it? I mean, is that somewhere where you are, or I guess, take us through the decision to do that. And then is it somewhere where you are mainly focusing on turning customers into ambassadors and affiliates? Or is it somewhere where you're going out to the wider world to source those affiliates? So the affiliate program is mostly influencers and yoga teachers, because a lot of yoga is, even though it's a very wholesome and inward looking practice, a lot of it is very superficial. So it's all about who's using what yoga mat. It was never our goal to go after the full-on fitness influencers. So we are quite selective of who we work with and sustainability is very important to us. So the affiliate program or the ambassador program, um, a lot of it ends up being people reaching out to us and applying for it. But we'll also reach out to, uh, to a lot of influencers, uh, content creators who kind of fit um, our mission. And um, it's, it's pretty standard in the sense that we'll set them up with a discount code. We're running it through GoAffPro at the moment, which is great because it's also free. Uh, it tracks any sales through their referral link or their discount code, and they get 10% off the commission, and the customer gets 10% off. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Are you part of the free Chloe's e-commerce club? Why not? It's my free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. It's all about helping you improve your e-commerce business, solving your marketing challenges, getting advice from other retailers who are facing the same challenges as you right now. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you too, which makes it the only place where you can get my help one-on-one. -on -one. It really is a club all about you and supporting your business. Come on and join me now. Just just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So come on, join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. Do you have a problem only an awesome piece of e-commerce tech can solve? Is your e-commerce tech stack not quite fit for purpose anymore? Then you should check out the latest addition to the e-commerce master plan family e-commerce tech. Yes, we've got a new person in the clan or a new website rather in the clan. It's a website where you can explore the latest and best technology on offer. We're going through a hugely changing time in the tech landscape at the moment. And if you want to be bringing the best results you can in your business, then you need to be on top of what's going on in tech. Head to the e-commerce tech website and sign up to our email updates via ecmp.info forward slash tech. That's ecmp.info forward slash t-e-c-h. So ecmp 
info forward slash tech to find out all the best tools for your e-commerce store. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, we've learned loads from Danny already, but we're now going to learn some more because now it's time for the top tip section, which is one of my favourite sections of the podcast because it gives us so many quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Danny, are you ready for the top tips? Yes, I am. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So without a doubt, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. First reason is you can actually just read it on a Friday. It's not a very long book. And then it just has a lot of things you can apply to managing people as well as to your customers. There are so many things that have helped in terms of how to phrase emails, how to how to just change your own behavior in, in order to get the best behavior out of your customers and employees and suppliers and just people you work with. It's just, it helps in so many different ways. It's kind of like one of those root business books. You know, it's like you go back to the source <laughs> and then you'll get, you'll get all the goodness in a very small, easy to consume package. So great recommendation. Thank you. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, I would say word of mouth uh, because that's what's really helped us grow and on a very small budget. And I guess kind of related to word of mouth is, is just SEO, just good old SEO, just having great content on your website, really in-depth uh, information on your products, making sure those images are optimized because that again, like Google is still the place uh, where people do all of their searches. And if you're getting found on Google, you're in a good place. You don't need to worry about marketing or even affiliate programs. All of that is just secondary. Nice. I'm glad you didn't come out with Facebook ads after all the things we've been discussing so far in this interview. That would have been really, really a real curveball. <laughs> uh, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, there's this very simple tool, and there are many others like it, called LastPass, which is just a password management tool. I am a big fan of it. I've been using it for my own passwords. I use it in my business. My mother also has a business. I got her set up on that recently because she was using the same password everywhere. I think it's just security is so important, especially these days. And um, it's just so easy to share passwords, allow other people to use a password without necessarily showing them the password. And LastPass does that all. It does that all on its free plan as well. So that or any similar password management tool, I think just everyone should have that. Yeah, there's no excuse not to really, is there? I've got high hopes for you with this last one because you've already said how important sustainability is throughout your entire business. So the carbon top tip, what's your favorite way to reduce the carbon footprint of an e-commerce business? So we did gloss over this. I, I, in addition to like packaging, because I think that's what everyone kind of says is, is you know, can we get recyclable packaging? Can we uh, make it maybe make it compostable or biodegradable? I think that's something everyone should be doing anyway. But I think more look towards the production of the goods. So can you make them from natural materials? Can you make them locally even? And that's what we've tried to do with plenty of our products, specifically bolsters and cushions, which come in many different variations, many different colors and sizes. And so one thing we realized was essentially it's the covers that are different. The filling is the same. So we then approached 
suppliers and partners in, in New Zealand, Australia, and the US and the UK. We realized that if we just get the fabrics made in India and we can fly them or we can ship them over, then we can fill them up locally and ship them locally. And that itself saves so much uh, in terms of in terms of costs, uh, as well as in terms of emissions, rather than just finding a supplier in, in a single location and getting them to ship. Uh, just see if you can make small changes to your supply chain, if you can source locally and customers will be willing to pay more for products that are sourced locally. People, especially in the US and the UK, they want to support businesses, local businesses specifically in this uh, in this retail climate. Brilliant uh, advice there. Not about completely reworking all your products, but about finding those simple quick wins. Thank you so much, Danny. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? So we have uh, separate websites set up for different countries, but the brand's name is Vulca Yoga. You can find us on vulcayogashop.com or vulcayoga.co.uk if you're in the UK, or vulcayoga.com.au if you're in Australia. And our Instagram handle is vulcayogaco. You can find us uh, on YouTube and Facebook and TikTok as well. Same handles. Excellent. Nice consistency there. And everyone, uh, Volka is spelled V-A-L-K-A. So that's V-A-L-K-A yoga to find uh, Danny's business on all those many, many channels. Danny, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce podcast. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. And thank you for sharing so much to help our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Loads of fascinating insight there from Danny. A real pleasure chatting to him. I think how he thinks about product and product development is really fascinating. And then the way in which he's approached the COVID hangover, you know, that big shift we've all been through post all the pandemic impact of also dealing with the economic changes and the privacy tracking changes that have impacted on advertising as well. That shift to more long-term strategies, which I can only think are going to build his brand much, much more strongly for the years ahead, seems a very, very sensible move, i.e. the move into influencers, affiliates, social proof, building strong relationships with those key people in yoga and the studios and diversifying into the wholesale and lowering the ad spend makes huge sense. So loads of interesting insights there from him. To get your hands on our notes from this episode, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our direct episode short links. Just put ecmp.info forward slash whatever the number of this episode is into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct episode page. When you get to the website, please do add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. And if you like this episode, then make sure you check out episode 142, which is also about selling cork yoga mats online. So you get a different perspective in that episode. So that was 142. And next time we are going to be doing something super exciting. We've got a new type of episode coming. We are going to be doing a masterclass episode. We are talking to an amazing merchandiser, I've wanted to get a merchandiser on this podcast since I started it in 2015. Finally, I found an awesome one. So she is kicking off our new occasional series of masterclass episodes, taking us to deep into the skills, the tips, the strategies you need to make your merchandising part of your business help drive your sales and your profits. So stay tuned for that one coming out next Monday. 
Thank you very much for all tuning in to this and every episode that you do of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including becoming more sustainable. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a brilliant week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. Don't miss out. It's time you joined Chloe's e-commerce club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward slash club.